If we could go back in time to the Ice Age, we'd see some fascinating animals. Along with the popular woolly mammoth and saber-toothed tiger, many other creatures roamed the Earth. What were they like? These animals include the woolly rhinoceros, cave lion and wolf and fox, badger and ferret. This is Science, Scripture and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal. I'm Chris O'Brien with the Institute for Creation Research. Fossilized and frozen remains of animals that died during the Ice Age can be found throughout the Northern Hemisphere. From Siberia to Central America, a unique array of animals inhabited the land, and their stories unfold from the ice, rocks, and hills in which they are found. Let's warm up to these creatures during the next 15 minutes as we learn about some remarkable animals of the Ice Age. Of all the animals of the Ice Age, one of the best known is the woolly mammoth. However, another elephant kind called a mastodon also lived during this era. Michael Ord, author of the book Frozen in Time, tells of the differences between these two magnificent animals. There are several types of mammoths. There's the woolly mammoth, which is known for its long hair, up to one meter long for its outer hairs. And it was rather small compared to elephants, maybe 11 feet tall. And it had a hump on its head and a hump on its shoulder, and, and its back sloped down pretty good. Then we had the Columbian mammoth, which lived generally further south. There was overlap in the range, but Columbian mammoth lived further south in the United States. And it was a big mammoth, maybe 12 to 14 feet high, less hair, but generally the shape of a mammoth. The mastodon, on the other hand, it was kind of like a big elephant, and its tusks were different, and its back didn't slope down like a mammoth. It didn't have those humps. And it lived mainly in the eastern United States, eastern half of the United States. While the woolly mammoth lived mainly in the western half of the United States, but there was overlap and in there, not only in the ranges in the middle, but also you had mammoths on the east coast and you had mastodons on the west coast. So, mammoths and mastodons were not only cold climate creatures, but lived in other environments as well. But what about the woolly mammoth's long hair? Doesn't this indicate that he was an inhabitant of a frigid world? ICR geologist Dr. Andrew Snelling. One myth we need to explode is the idea that a woolly mammoth had wool to keep him warm and he only lived in cold climates. In fact, fossils of mammoths have been found in Egypt. So they had a wide distribution, Egypt and Mexico. They, they weren't just a cold climate animal. And contrary to popular belief, the mammoths that did live in cold regions didn't live on ice sheets, and neither did their friends. Michael Ord explains. With the woolly mammoth, you had a wide assortment of other animals. In fact, you find this all across the northern hemisphere at mid and high latitudes, except where it was glaciated. You find this similar fauna. It's called the mammoth steppe fauna. They use the word steppe, S-T-E-P-P-E, because... It was a grassland area, and a steppe climate is a grassland climate that favors the growing grass. Furthermore, the animals in this environment were diverse and plentiful. So these animals include, besides the woolly mammoths, horses and bisons were in considerable number. Then you had the woolly rhinoceros, and then you had the saga antelope. Uh, you find elk, and you find uh, reindeer, and you find muskox, and... You find various types of sheep, doll sheep and this sort of uh, sheep. You find carnivores like cave lion and wolf and fox. 
and you find some small animals that like to burrow. And these animals generally don't like to burrow in permafrost, so it kind of gets you an indication that likely wasn't any permafrost. And these include the badger and the ferret, and then there's beaver fossils. So it was a wide variety of animals, and some uh, paleoecologists, and I'm thinking of uh, Dale Guthrie, the University of Alaska in Fairbanks, says that there were so many animals in the lowlands of Siberia, Alaska, and Yukon that were not glaciated, so many that was compared to the Serengeti in Africa. So it was quite a, a large number of animals in the millions for woolly mammoths and a huge variety of other animals. Although many types of animals that lived during the Ice Age can still be found throughout the world today, certain animals went extinct in one place but survived in other locations. In North America, about 70% of large animals over 100 kilograms, or that's 220 pounds, went extinct at the end of the Ice Age. And that included in North America the horse and the camel. The horse was introduced by Europeans later on, but the horse was, was here during the Ice Age as well as the camel, and they went extinct at the end of the Ice Age. So it's a real mystery. In, in Europe, I think it was about 70% went extinct. And even Australia, 90% went extinct. Now, some of these went extinct totally over the earth. But like I was saying, some of them went extinct just on certain continents, like the horse in North America went extinct, but it didn't in Europe. The high extinction rate of animals in certain areas of the world presents a problem for the evolutionary view of the Ice Age. They believe in multiple Ice Ages, up to 30 in the last 2.5 million years, but hardly any animals went extinct after these Ice Ages. It was only after the so-called last Ice Age that the huge numbers went extinct. To me, that's evidence there's really only one Ice Age. But the main problem is that the ice was melting. It was warming up, supposedly, in, in their view, and therefore more territory. Why would any animals go extinct? So that's a mystery there. And I think, the, of course, the main problem is they got the wrong hypothesis, and there's no solution to it so far. Meanwhile, creationists believe that the Ice Age was a one-time event caused by Noah's flood. Dr. Snelling. And so quite clearly it occurred after the flood when the oceans were warmer after the flood because of all the heat released during the flood. That meant warmer oceans, more evaporation, more rain, more snow. As the evaporation of the water moved towards the poles, it, it froze and dropped the snow and you end up having summers without the snow melting. And so you, you very quickly built up the ice layers in a matter of a few hundred years after the flood. But what happened to the animals of the Ice Age? How did they perish? Michael Ord says most animals living in the colder regions died because of extreme weather conditions. However, it's believed that a few poor creatures found in a general standing position were buried alive in wind-blown silt. Here's a scenario for the extreme cases, which are actually in the very small minority of the cases, is that you have a woolly mammoth caught out there and the wind picks up and the dust starts blowing, he turns his back to it, well, he's going to act like a snow fence. And snow piles up around a snow fence. And so the dust is going to pile up around him, and breathing all that dust is going to suffocate him. And since the dust is flowing, when it packs in, it's like packed snow. It's hard, fairly hard and dense, and so it's hard to maneuver in it, and he's going to end up in a general standing position in the dust. And eventually dust storms are going to totally cover these up fairly fast, so they preserve them in the permafrost. As mentioned earlier, not all creatures alive during the Ice Age lived in cold climates. 
As a matter of fact, a menagerie of animals lived in the southern United States in places such as Florida. ICR biologist Dr. Gary Parker runs the Creation Adventures Museum in Arcadia, Florida. A lot of people would find it strange indeed to think of Florida in Ice Age in the same sentence. In fact, it looks like Florida may have even been warmer during the peak of the Ice Age than it is now, if you can believe that. But what we're talking about is the animals that moved away from the ice sheets and the storms and the blizzards and snow and so, uh, you know, on up in the north and moved down into the area of Florida. So come to think of it, I guess some of the Ice Age mammals were the uh, among the first snowbirds uh, to move to Florida for the winter. So, during the Ice Age, the Sunshine State was the dwelling place of many different creatures. We find mammoths and mastodons and, and we find camels and llamas and rhinos and fine deer and various kinds of horses some giraffes on occasion, all of these land animals mixed in with whales and dolphins and walruses and manatees and dugongs, and, and we've even got an animal bigger than T-Rex, the giant ground sloth. Some of the inhabitants of the Ice Age era were colossal in comparison with today's animals. Take, for instance, the giant ground sloth, which Dr. Parker just mentioned. This was not a tree-swinging sloth, but walked upright and huge claw. There's one excavated from a shell pit west of Tampa Bay that had a claw three feet long. The good news is that claw was used as a giant leaf rake. We can tell by the coprolite, the petrified droppings left behind, that it was just vegetarian. But that animal was bigger, heavier than T-Rex. Then there was the glyptodont that nobody in today's world would have wanted to share the road with. Well, the glyptodont had armor plating. It was kind of like a giant armadillo. But, of course, the plates were much thicker and bigger. Individual pieces of armor plating or scutes sometimes look like uh, fossilized flowers or they have other really interesting geometric shapes. But these animals were as big as an SUV. Okay, nowadays you come to Florida, you see armadillos run over by cars. Back in the bad old days, the armadillos could run over the <laughs> run over the cars. Today, it's the cars that run over the armadillos. And so we get a lot of this giants on the earth in those days. But alas, these giants are no longer with us. And animals such as giraffes, rhinos, and llamas, which were here before the Ice Age, are not naturally found in North America anymore. So what caused the demise of these creatures? One danger to wildlife was human hunters. Another thing that threatened Ice Age animals in Florida was the same thing that destroyed those in the north, the weather. Dr. Parker says although animals living in the south escaped the extreme cold of the north, they were still defenseless against the super hurricanes that occurred during that era. You can imagine, you know, big hurricane, uh, you know, out at sea. Well, the eye of the hurricane is this area of calm. And so, you know, animals would tend to swim into those areas, whales and dolphins and manatees and sharks and walruses and things like that, rather than face the, the choppy, turbulent waters around the edge. And as that hurricane approached Florida, notice it's as wide as Florida to start with, and this hill of water could be many feet high, and it gets higher as it approaches the shore. The waves begin to pile up like a giant tsunami and dump this colossal wave containing, you know, whales and dolphins and manatees and walruses and all this right on top of some really startled 
mammoths and mastodons and other elephants and giraffes and rhinos and horses and camels and bison, <laughs> and they all get rolled together in shell deposits. And so in Florida, a lot of these Ice Age mammals are preserved in shell pits. Dr. Snelling says the sudden demise of Ice Age creatures in both the frozen north and the balmy south should remind us of Christ's promise in the Bible of his imminent return. The Bible warns that when God comes in judgment the next time, that's what it's going to be like. It's when we least expect it and suddenly. So the message here is that everyone needs to make sure that they have got right with their Creator. In other words, that they have recognized Him and accepted His offer of salvation through Jesus Christ. Just as Noah was provided with an ark to survive through the flood, God has provided the ark, the Lord Jesus Christ, as our means of salvation to get us past this judgment period. And so it's a warning to everyone that God will judge and we need to get our lives right with Him. As our program comes to a close, we hope that you've been encouraged. It's our desire at ICR to show that the Bible can be trusted, both historically and scientifically, and to give facts that will build your faith. As Christians, we need to understand the scientific basis for our beliefs. We pray that this program will aid you in your discovery of science and the Bible. You know, most people aren't aware that today there are thousands of scientists that are convinced of the truth of biblical creation and not evolution. Our non-denominational ministry aims to restore and strengthen the Genesis foundations of the Christian faith. If you've enjoyed today's edition of Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal, why not visit us on the web to find out more about the work of ICR. The address is www.icr.org. Again, www.icr.org. Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal, is a production of ICR. For the Institute for Creation Research, I'm Chris O'Brien. Thanks for tuning in.